This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another edition of the Did He Really Just Say That? The Word of the Lord. So, the world of media seems to be falling apart. Whoopi Goldberg is suspended for a bad rendering of history. Rockers Neil Young and Joni Mitchell are demanding podcaster Joe Rogan's head on Spotify. And over at my one-time stopping grounds of CNN, CNN President Jeff Zucker resigns because of an affair. I'll have more on this in a second. But first, by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike has done it again by introducing his new my slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop these slippers. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long, and I do. They're made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. So go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code Jeff. You will also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including those fabulous Giza Dream bed sheets, the My Pillow mattress topper, and My Pillow towel sets. Or call 800-606-1043 and use promo code JEFF. Now, let's start with Whoopi Goldberg. Somewhere along the line, while I was at CNN, I met Whoopi Goldberg. She, in fact, in the flesh, was lovely. A very nice, dare I say, sweet person. Her problem at this moment is that she got her history wildly wrong, saying that the Holocaust wasn't about race. Yikes. Most assuredly, it was about race. In fact, if she had read Adolf Hitler's infamous book, Mein Kampf, she would have known that for Hitler, race was everything, saying in his book that race was at the very center of his German nationalism. And of course, for that reason, he had made it his life's work to exterminate the Jews in the Holocaust. In fact, Whoopi didn't even need to read the book. A Saturday watching spent watching the History Channel would have done much to inform her, complete with the ghastly, horrific films of the Nazi concentration camps and their ovens. But for whatever reason, Whoopi is apparently not into history and blurted out what she blurted out. Now, but of course, the cancel culture is after her head, and she has been suspended for two weeks by the usual timorous television executives, in this case at ABC. She is said to be, understandably, furious. She should be. The HuffPost reports this. Quote, the head of the Anti-Defamation League warned against condemning Whoopi Goldberg too harshly over her recent polarizing comments about the Holocaust and race. Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of ADL, told CNN's Don Lemon on Tuesday that he thinks the comedian regrets saying that the Holocaust isn't about race during Monday's episode of The View and sincerely wants to learn from her mistake. We sometimes have people in public places, he says, who can say clumsy things about race or faith or gender. And he adds, I don't believe in cancel culture. I like the phrase that my friend Nick Cannon uses. We need council culture, unquote. Well, I'm with Mr. Greenblatt on this one. Yes, it concerns that somebody of Whoopi's age and prominence doesn't know serious basic history. I don't know her educational background. But one of American problems, most assuredly, is that history, basic history, not the politically correct garbage like the racist critical race theory, seems not to be taught to American kids. 
So if Whoopi wasn't taught the basic facts of World War II and the Holocaust, well, not good. And that can lead to exactly the kind of mistake an adult Whoopi made on live television. But she clarified and did the usual apology tour, addressing the matter both on The View and with a visit to Stephen Colbert's late-night talk show. That should be enough. But no, ABC has suspended her. Then there's Joe Rogan. As we've discussed before here in this podcast, rocker Neil Young, the iconic rocker of 60s, 70s bands Buffalo, Springfield, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash, has issued a demand to Spotify. The demand, either Spotify dumps the seriously popular podcaster Joe Rogan, or else he, Neil Young, will have his own catalog removed. According to news accounts like this one in USA Today, Young's demand was phrased this way in an open letter to his manager, Frank Gironda, and Tom Carson, the co-chair and chief operating officer of Warner Brothers Records. Quote, I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed of the time schedule. I want you to let Spotify know immediately today, in capital letters, that I want all my music off their platform, Young continued. They can have Joe Rogan or Neil Young, but not both. Unquote. And oh yes, Neil Young has now been joined by singer Joni Mitchell. Ironically, Neil Young has now been revealed as using, uh-oh, a homophobic slur in an interview in the 1980s when discussing AIDS. And Joni Mitchell, she turned up at a Halloween party in the 1970s in blackface. So the obvious question, when will cancel culture come for Neil and Joni? Not to mention that as someone who came of age listening and loving Neil Young's music, the hypocrisy about his sudden concern for, quote, fake information about vaccines potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them, unquote, is nothing short of hilarious hypocrisy. For those who came in late, Neil Young came into this world in Canada, making him a Canadian citizen. By 2019, he was trying to become an American citizen, something he finally accomplished in 2020. But he had an interesting problem in the beginning of his application process to become an American citizen. His problem? Oh, wait for it. Here is a 2019 headline in the New York Times about Neil Young, one of the most famous rock and roll stars of the day. The headline reads, Will Neil Young's marijuana use keep him from becoming a U.S. citizen? The famous rocker, a Canadian citizen, wants to vote in America's 2020 elections, but his naturalization hasn't gone as planned. The Times story reported this. Mr. Young has freely discussed his marijuana use in interviews and books. In his 2012 memoir, he wrote of being arrested in a drug bust with other members of Buffalo Springfield, his 1960s band. And in his 2014 memoir, he wrote that the August 1976 all-nighter he spent writing his album Hitchhiker was interrupted, quote, only for weed, beer, or cocaine, unquote. Though he had said he has since stopped, he has begun again, he told the uh, Los Angeles Times, unquote. Now, you got that? There is one of the more famous humans on the planet, a rock and roll model, freely admitting that he was into illegal drugs, and in the case of cocaine, a drug that is decidedly unhealthy, not to mention addictive. Which is to say, here is Neil Young saying of his demand to Spotify that, quote, I'm doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them, unquote. 
And all the while, Young himself has spent a career in the public eye, personally admitting by his behavior that he was, quote, spreading fake information, unquote, that drug use was just no big deal. And heaven knows how many kids and young adults took to snorting cocaine and smoking dope because, hey, it was cool with Neil Young. And there is one more interesting tidbit in that time story. The reason Young was so intent on becoming an American citizen in 2020 was so he could vote in the presidential election against Donald Trump. But curiously, get this. Back there in the wilds of the ancient year 2014, I personally was in New York to interview private citizen and prospective 2016 presidential candidate Donald Trump. The interview took place in his Trump Tower office, where I had met him a a year earlier before we jetted off on a Trump plane to Washington for an American Spectator dinner. This time around, I had 45 minutes or so with Trump, speaking into my ancient tape recorder, which amused him no end. Interview concluded, I thanked Trump and started to walk out. But I was stopped by a Trump staffer who pulled me back a few paces from the office door and whispered to me to stay a minute, saying, watch this. I did. And who appeared in a matter of seconds? That would be Neil Young, himself, in the flesh. And in he walked to Trump's inner lair, happily shaking hands and chatting away. Later, I learned this, as reported by Rolling Stone in 2020. Quote, Trump is a big fan of Young's music. In 2008, Rolling Stone phoned up Trump after noticing him at three of Young's concerts over the past couple of years. At one of them, a CSNY show at the theater at Madison Square Garden, he sat next to Patti Smith and Salman Rushdie and stayed for the entire show, unquote. By the time Trump was running for president in 2015-2016, Young was suddenly apoplectic that his hit song, Rockin' in the Free World, was being used at Trump rallies. So he wrote a blistering open letter to Trump. But in 2014, there he was, right in my line of sight, having a swell time with Trump in Trump's office. Pictures were taken. Sad to say, as this latest gambit to silence Joe Rogan illustrates vividly, Neil Young has now morphed into a would-be censor and a hypocritical one at that. Then there is more chaos over there at my old stomping grounds of CNN. CNN President Jeff Zucker has resigned, apparently forced out because he was having an affair, so goes the tale, with a CNN executive who was, like Zucker, divorced and a friend of two decades or more, and the relationship was consensual. Apparently, according to CNN's reliable sources, media reporter Brian Stelter, the proximate cause of the forced resignation was an angry, now-fired anchor Chris Cuomo. Chris and Jeff were once close, which put Chris in a position to know of Zucker's affair because, among other things, the woman in question, Allison Gollist, is a former communications director for Chris's brother, the then-governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. When Chris was fired by Jeff for his role in advising his brother and other things behind the scenes, with three years left on a CNN contract going unpaid, Chris hired a lawyer to sue CNN. And not so coincidentally, he raised the subject of Jeff Zucker's affair with the CNN executive, or the lawyers did, the latter apparently a violation of CNN's workplace rules. Brian Stelter said this in a conversation with another CNN host, Allison Camerata, after she expressed support for Jeff Zucker and said, in essence, that his private relationship was no one's business. Said Brian, quote, I think there's two layers I would add to that. Number one is the Chris Cuomo reference. And that was a reference from Jeff Zucker's uh, 
statement saying that uh, his relationship had his Jeff Zucker's relationship had come up in the course of the investigation of Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo. He's not going out quietly, says Brian of Chris Cuomo. There were reports he was going to get paid the millions of dollars on the remainder of his contract. As a source said earlier today, he was trying to burn the place, meaning CNN, down. He was going to court trying to burn the place down and claiming he had incriminating information. If this is the case, said Brian, this is a domino effect that begins with Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo being fired. That's a remarkable domino event, I think, that's part of the story, unquote. Now, I usually don't agree with Brian. He's way out there on the left. But I have to say, I think the CNN rule is ridiculous. Both Jeff Zucker and Alison Golust, whom I know, are a divorced adults. Their relationship is consensual. To me, at least, it's no one's business what goes on in their private lives. But there is perhaps an unspoken reason for Jeff's dismissal that's not being mentioned. That would be ratings. And right there is decidedly a real problem with CNN. Recall that CNN, the very first cable news network to be invented, was invented by Ted Turner for the explicit purpose of reporting straight news. Here's a quote from Ted Turner's autobiography and memoirs, the book called Call Me Ted. Quote, Although I hadn't watched much television news, I did have some strong opinions about what I wanted CNN to be. While the networks and local news stations seem to follow a if-it-bleeds-it-leads rule, centering their broadcasts on murders, car wrecks, disasters, and the like, I wanted us to do more serious journalism and to go deeper into the more important issues of the day. I also wanted to present the news in an unbiased fashion. At that time, some of the evening anchors, including Walter Cronkite of CBS, were injecting their own opinions into the telecasts, and I just didn't like it. I decided that on CNN, news would be the star, not our on-air people, unquote. When Jeff Zucker took over in CNN, and I think that was in 2013, he took CNN in the other direction completely. And I have to say, I personally benefited from his making the network a heavily opinion-oriented network. I was for a couple years the, as it were, designated Trump supporter, something that evolved quite naturally over time as Donald Trump announced and his candidacy took off. But I think over time, the anti-Trump obsession at CNN began to get the best of the network. I was eventually fired, of course, and after that, a small parade of conservative Trump supporters who replaced me were similarly dismissed and dispatched by Jeff Zucker. Jeff may not like it, but Donald Trump is, to this day, a popular guy with millions of Americans, and the constant savaging of Trump became a negative for CNN. Well aside from his personal problem that is said to be the cause of his resignation, the plunge in his rate in CNN ratings is, I think, a direct result of the constant Trump attacks. And when they kept dispatching conservatives from the network, beginning with myself, then Ed Martin of Phyllis Schlafly's group, and more recently former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum, it sent a message repeatedly that conservatives need not tune in. And I can't tell you on a personal note how many times I've been stopped by people saying they stopped watching CNN because of this. So put another way, in short, Donald Trump took on CNN and Jeff Zucker, and Trump has won. That, I suspect, is the real reason behind Jeff Zucker's departure, with his personal relationship the excuse, because in the end, cable TV news is about ratings, and CNN, which saw its ratings plunge by a catastrophic 90% in the first week of 2022, is in serious ratings trouble. The question now is, where does the troubled network go from here? 
forward with a Zucker left-wing anti-Trump approach, or will there be a return to founder Ted Turner's version of just the facts journalism? Stay tuned. The personnel problems are, in a way, separate and apart from the ratings problem. I began to think there were more problems when Jeff opted to make a regular appearance out of Governor Cuomo and Brother Chris in Chris's evening show. It was a little too close for comfort, I thought. By the time it all came apart, with people inside CNN attacking Chris, there was real damage done. And curiously, there is this in the very first sentence of Jeff's resignation letter, quote, as part of the investigation into Chris Cuomo's tenure at CNN, I was asked about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague, and unquote, and he goes on. In other words, that says to me that someone who, who was or is in the Chris Cuomo camp deliberately targeted Jeff Zucker, and this week they got him. Wow. For the word of the Lord, this is Jeffrey Lord. Stop by my website, thejeffreylord.com, to catch up on the news and views. Thanks for coming, and see you next time.